Assalamualaikum ada Rasulullah wa ada alihi wa sahbihi wa man wala Welcome to our second session of nurturing our relationship with the Quran and uh, actually our third session of nurturing our relationship with the Quran and we will continue our study bi'idhnillahi ta'ala in the outward etiquettes of tilawah of recitation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's book and these outward etiquettes are very important because they are the way that we are carrying ourselves outwardly so that we can experience the meanings of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's book inwardly. And this next etiquette, the etiquette, this next etiquette relates to what Imam al calls the miqdar of qira'ah, the amount that we recite Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's book. And I'm going to present what he has here and then contextualize it for us. There are many aspects of this book, the Ahyal al-Madin, that seem unreachable for people in our time. It seems like this is just simply something that we will never ever be able to do. But just because we can't attain all of something doesn't mean either that we just completely give up. What we want to do is to attain a balance in relation to our deen, and do an amount that's manageable, something that we can do sustainably, and then slowly increase over a period of time. But it is important to know what is out there to have the correct understanding of how this particular matter should be viewed. So, the miqdar of the Qur'an, how much Qur'an should we be reciting? So Imam al starts by saying that the Qur'an, the people who recite Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's book, they have different types of customs in relation to how much or how little they recite. And then he says, from among them are those who do a khatam. So the khatam al-yakhtimu is to seal. And this is used in a verbal form to indicate a complete reading of the Qur'an. So he says, there are some who would do a complete reading of the Qur'an in one day. So they would write, recite part of it at during the day and part of it at night and do an entire reading of the Qur'an in one day. And one example of someone like that we have is the Caliph Sayyidina Uthman bin Affan. We know that there are times where he would do a complete khatam in one raka'ah, one cycle of prayer. This was also what has been narrated about the great Imam Muhammad ibn Idris al-Shafi'i, that he would do an entire reading of the Qur'an every single day. And then we also know that in Ramadan, he would even do more. He would do two khatams of the Qur'an every single day, Imam Shafi'i. Now, someone might say, how could that be? And I'll mention this now to prepare you for what's to come. Because there's something that Imam Nawi says in the Adkar, his book on, the Book of Remembrances, where he actually says that He'll speak about the most that has reached him that someone recites the Qur'an in a day and night. And what we have to understand is we have a view of time that is based upon belief. And Allah Ta'ala could put barakah in blessing in someone's time so that time expands for that particular individual. And when we look at a very that limited view of time as you and I experience it, i.e. if I'm looking at the clock on the wall and I'm looking at the, uh, how every second is passing and there's 60 seconds in a minute 
and so forth and so on. And there's 60 minutes in an hour, and then there's 24 hours in a day. And I know that when I recite Quran, depending upon how fast I recite, the fastest that I can recite it, I can do a juz in 20 minutes or 25 minutes or 30 minutes. And so let's just say that someone's an extremely fast reciter because they're so adept and without um, reciting the Quran in a way that it actually becomes offensive or even haram, 15 minutes of juz. So even if that were the case, that 15 times four, so that's four juz an hour, and then that times seven is that seven hours, and then plus another 30 minutes. So seven and a half hours would be someone who recites very quickly. And then you would add to that. So if someone would say that if I was going to do two khatams, let's say I could do it in 10 hours. That's going to take 20 hours of the day. Where is the remaining time going to go? Between food, eat, sleep, drink, and things like that. It doesn't seem like it adds up. This is the same mentality that people had when, and I've actually read this in Orientalists, that commented on Imam al-Bukhari, who has over 7,000 hadith in his famous collection, his Sahih. And when he comments on the fact that he took this from 600,000 hadith that he was familiar with. And what we mean by that number of hadith is the various chains, not different actual texts themselves and what the Prophet is saying, so some different chains back to him, them. And this Oriental said, okay, that were we to give uh, Imam Bukhari 15 minutes to look through each one of those narrations and he's using this kind of rational way of thinking about it It would have taken him this amount of time. So for him to say that he completed this in this amount of time. This is impossible This is impossible based upon your limited view of things But when you believe in Allah and you believe in the fact that Allah can expand time for you and can allow you to do an enormous amount in a very short period of time subhanAllah then you have a very different view. Do we not believe that our Prophet ﷺ went on the night of the Isra from Mecca al-Mukarramah all the way to Jerusalem, to Quds al-Sharif, and then ascended up into heaven, went into the Divine Presence, came back, and his bed was still warm ﷺ? Do we not believe in that? Of course we do. Meaning, because we believe in Allah, we believe that He is the Creator of time and space, and he can cause us to have blessing in our time in the way that he wills to Barakallah. But this is one of the things very important for us to note. It's part and parcel of the modern world, it seems, and the more secular any society becomes, that it seems that blessing is taken from the time. And it seems that we don't have a lot of time. Whereas these people who came before us, their lives, yes, oftentimes the great Imams, especially revolved around the deen, but there was an immense amount of blessing in their time. And so Imam Shafi, that he used to two khatams a day in the blessed month of Ramadan. So he says, from among them are those who've done a khatam in one day. And then from among them are those that did two khatams in one day. And from among them are those that did three khatams in one day. And then Imam Ghazali switches to the, the amount that he feels to be the least amount we should be doing. And there are those who done a khatam every single month. And so there's a note here in this print, and I remember reading this in the Adhkar of Imam Manawi, is that 
he says that the most that has reached him are those that have done eight khatams of the Qur'an in one day. Four during the day and four at night. He says, Now, we, Allah is qadr If Allah wanted to expand your time such that was possible, subhanAllah. And obviously this is not something that you and I can do. This is, requires an immensely powerful spiritual state. But it's important that we mention it because the whole purpose of us knowing that there are people that spent this amount of time reciting the Qur'an every single day should indicate to us we need to have a relationship with the Qur'an. We need to have a relationship with the Qur'an. And this etiquette of the amount of Qur'an that we recite, if you really think about it, think about how we've neglected Allah's book. This is Allah's book. I was just recording a session earlier, quoting Imam Ghazali and quoting the great Imam Ibn Juzayr Kalbi. And both of them spoke about the Qur'an, how it essentially is an invitation from Allah to His creation. To call His creation to Himself, subhanahu wa ta'ala. The Qur'an was revealed so that you and I can be guided and come to know our Lord, tabarak wa ta'ala. Knowing that reality in this incident is the number one reason we should read the Qur'an, learn the Qur'an, and come to know the meanings of the Qur'an is so that you and I can join near to Allah Jalla Jalla. This is what it's about. And if you understand that, and you understand that this is the whole purpose of existence, is to draw near to Allah Ta'ala, then what is our relationship with the Qur'an? We oftentimes get into the watching videos of different sorts. And we might watch different series. Whatever someone's watching in the moment, whether it's Ertal or something else. And think about the amount of time that you spend watching some type of series that you like. Think about how you binge watch. Think about how you're tired the next day at work as a result. And we do that for some type of series. We do that for some type of movie. We do that for some type of soap opera or something of this nature. But what is our relationship with Allah? That is how people were with Allah Ta'ala's book. The way people are now with series like Ertal or whatever people are watching, that's how people were with Allah's book. They fell in love with it. And it caused them to have sleepless nights. So that they spent their time in worship of Allah Jalla Jalla. And we should be embarrassed before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that we do it for dunya, let alone doing it for something that relates to our nafs, let alone doing it for haram. We should be utterly embarrassed before Allah. Here we have the Qur'an before us, and the Qur'an will be a means for us to come to know Allah, but we don't recite it. Nor do we take the time to learn how to read it and to recite it properly. Anyone, even someone who is older, and even someone who that, uh, that is not Arab in origin, if you put time into it, you can learn to read Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's book. And people have different degrees of that, of course. But even if you re recite the Quran extremely slowly, the reward in that is immense. 
And even if you struggle with even the recitation, you never ever come to learn the meanings. Still, in giving it its right and doing what you can, there will be immense benefit in it. And a person in that state should also read the translation of the meanings so that they have access to some of the meanings of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's book. So, this indicates to us how the people before us approach the Qur'an and how serious they took this matter. It was an integral part of their day. And this is what our teachers would teach, is that we should open Allah Ta'ala's and read Allah's book every single day. And if we're so busy and for some reason we can't even read like a page, they said at least just look at the Mus'haf. So that you develop a habit of having a connection to Allah Ta'ala's book every single day. Let's bring this to life. And when you read, and I remember reading about some of the tendencies that are afflect, affecting people of religion in general, in particular studies about Christians, and the percentage of people who would read scripture regularly, and how that was decreasing dramatically, and how more and more there's less and less people reading, and there's less and less people reading scripture. This is something that you and I have to bring into our own lives and bring into our households. We don't want our children to be distant from the book of Allah. To have a year pass and they haven't done a khatam. That they haven't, a month pass and they haven't read a page of the Quran. We should bring this into our homes. Where our homes are known for reciting Quran. And if the Quran becomes a priority in our mind, this is very easy to happen. Again, think about the amount of screen time in our homes. And we can't spend 30 minutes a day with the Qur'an. We can't spend 20 minutes a day with the Qur'an. And we spend all, all our time doing these other things. We should be embarrassed before Allah. And then we wonder why when we go through tribulations, we don't have our spiritual immune system built enough to be able to deal with it. We, want, we wonder why we get afflicted in different ways. And this is our state. If the Qur'an was a priority in our minds, we would make it a priority in terms of how much we read it every single day. So let's do better, let's take the opportunity of Ramadan to do this. So, then he says, And so then he's going to quote a hadith of our Prophet where, and this is a hadith from the Muslim Imam Ahmad, in other collections, the Tarmidhi bin Majah Abu Dawood, Man qarar Qur'ana fi aqal min thalathin lam yafqah. Whoever recites the Qur'an and finishes a complete reading in less than three days, they will not, he will not understand it fully. And um, so that hadith is there, and this is in general how, uh, this is a good measure for many people according to Imam Ghazali, but it also doesn't negate those that received a special barakah in their time, that recited in the amount of time that was mentioned. Uh, because surely Uthman bin Affan would have known uh, that hadith of our Prophet And so that has a particular type of understanding for, with it, for a particular person who would be reciting in a way that they wouldn't be able to concentrate. Now, he says, because that when that you recite the Qur'an in less than a period of three days based upon this hadith, it prevents what is called tartil reciting in a that 
slow fashion where you give every letter uh, its right in, in a proper fashion. In a slow, measured fashion in a way that's beautiful. Now, and then Sayyidah Aisha is that she said when she heard someone Yuhudhul Quran, reciting so quickly that he started to potentially make mistakes in the way that he was reciting. She said, This man has not really read the Quran, nor has he remained silent. So then we have specific narrations, as Imam Ghazali mentions, where the Prophet is that he told Abdullah ibn Amr to do a khatam of the Quran once a week, every seven days. And many of the Sahaba, this is how they did it as well. They would do an entire khatam every Jummah, once a week, and do, finish the khatam on Jummah. And he uh, mentions the likes of Zayd ibn Thabit, Ibn Mas'ud, and Ubay ibn Ka'b, radiallahu anhum. So we have different narrations about the amount that people came before us used to recite. So what Imam Lazadi is going to do now, he's going to suggest what he thinks is the best course of action. Okay? And um, again, this is for his time, and we'll comment at the end. So he says that um, that al khatam fil yawm wa qad karihu jama'ah. So there's some that say it's actually makru to do a khatam in one day. Wal khatam fi kulli shahr fi kulli kulli yawmin juz'un min thalathin juz'an wa ka'anhu mubalagha fil ikhtisar. He says to do a khatam every 30 days so that you read one juz a day. He says that this is the very least that should be done. So he's, present, he's, he's, he's presenting both sides. And again, this is for his time. That some say it's makru to do a khatam in one day. That juz a day, so you do a khatam in a month, that's the very minimum that he's saying we should be reciting. He says that between these two degrees, there's two balanced approaches. The first is to that do a khatam every week. A khatam a week. Uh, which means that you would be reciting a little bit over four juz of the Quran every single day. He says that the second way to do it, you want to do a little bit more, so it's, it's a little bit less than a khatam a week, a little bit more than a khatam a week, and a little bit less than doing it every day. Is that to do two khatams a week. And every week to do two khatams. And then he gives detailed guidance on how that actually should be done. He says, in Is that you start one khatam that you do, and you're doing this over the course of a week, that you finish that khatam at night, and then another khatam that you do by day. So you have two khatams going simultaneously. And that So you finish The khatam that you're doing During the day and the day On Monday In the two raka'as of fajr Or right after them And then you make the khatam of the night On the night before Jumu'ah In the two raka'as of Maghrib And so what he means here is, is The sunnah raka'as So in the two sunnah raka'as of Maghrib and whereas the first is the two sunnah rakahs of Fajr. Or right after them. And he says, what's the wisdom in doing it like this? So that by doing these two khatams at this time, 
you are that approaching the time that is during the beginning of the day and the beginning of the night. Because we know that there are angels uh, that will offer special prayers for someone. As someone's doing his khatam by night before he enters into the day, and likewise by day before they enter into the night. So you'll get the baraka of those angels who are praying upon him, whether they are by night or by day. Now, and then he says that if someone is from the Abidin, the worshippers, the Sadiqin, that are traveling a spiritual path, Bitarik al Amad, that are, are that, uh, endeavoring to work for the sake of Allah Ta'ala, he says that they should not do less than two khatams a week. No. And he says, When can a man of Sadiqin be a Okay, so the sadiqin are different. Those that are taking a path to Allah Ta'ala, some of them focus more upon aman, actually doing deeds, doing acts of worship. And then there are some that place more focus on a'mal al-qalb, the actions of the heart, and focusing on fikr and reflection. So this second category, the second group of people, or included in that category as well, are those that are, have learned knowledge and are spreading that knowledge. He says that it's okay for them to only do one khatam a week. He says and that if it's someone who requires a lot of time to really reflect deeply upon the various verses of the Qur'an, he says this person might want to do a khatam in a month. He says because this person I need to repeat the verses over and over again and to reflect very deeply upon them. So what do we take from this? I want to bring this closer to home because sometimes people hear this and some of you might have already dropped off and like, oh my God, this is too hard for me. I can't do anything like this. I'm, I'm disillusioned. This was not meant to disillusion you. On the contrary, this was meant to encourage you and my own sinful self who falls short all the time. Let's bring the Qur'an into our life. Let's bring the Qur'an into our life. Let's dedicate ourselves to learning the Qur'an. Let's start with learning how to recite the Qur'an properly. Let's follow that up with learning the Arabic language and learning the meanings of the Qur'an, even over a long period of time. Learning key words of the Qur'an if we're not going to learn Arabic grammar and some of the other sciences associated with the language. But let's also simultaneously learn the meanings of the Qur'an in whatever language that it is that we speak. Let's revere the Qur'an and honor the Qur'an and make an intention to put it into practice. And as you and I put that effort in, let's make a portion of our day for the Qur'an. And whatever it is that we're doing in relation to the Qur'an, whether we're learning to recite it or to read it or studying it, Let's make a portion of our day for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's book. And let's make sure that regularly we are both learning to read, we are actually reading, and learning the meanings of his book subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the more we do this, the closer our relationship will be. And even if we can't do a khatam in one day, or a khatam every three days, or two khatams a week, or a khatam a week even, at least let's try to do a khatam every once in a while. And 
depending upon how fast one reads, and again, I know there are a lot of, especially converts out there, who struggle with this. They hear this, and they feel disillusioned, and it makes them feel bad that they haven't learned Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's book. Uh, the intent here is not to make you feel bad. Uh, we all fall short. But let's dedicate ourselves to learning. And even for you, that if you find trouble reciting, recite what you can, even if it's half a page, even if it's a third of a page, and then read the translation of the meanings. And so for those of us difficult for the Arabic, you can still read the translation of the meanings and do so regularly. And then slowly build your ability to learn, uh, the, your ability to recite the Qur'an, and then those that are, can recite fairly well, Let's find a balanced approach to how much it is that we recite. And let's start with that no less ever than a khatam a year. And let's move beyond that, where we start doing a khatam every six months. And let's set another goal where we do a khatam every two months. And then let's set a goal where we can get up to a khatam every month. And this is a good thing for us to do in our time. If you can have someone in our time that does a khatam a month, that's a very good thing. And that's way above the average of our time, even though in relation to previous times, that was like the very, very, very minimum. But in our time, that's a good average. And that uh, some of our teachers uh, that we were able to meet, despite all of their preoccupations and everything is that they were doing, would still take time to do a khatam of the Quran every week. And um, in the school in which I studied, we would do a khatam of the Qur'an every week. And that in terms of how much we would read, they would have us read officially a juz a day uh, with other people. But then the school collectively would do a khatam a week. So the meaning here is to bring the Qur'an into our lives. This is so, so, so important. And some of the meanings of the Qur'an that we don't fully understand Go to the Qur'an with humility. Ask Allah to make you understand what you don't know. Whether it's some of the meanings of the Arabic words you don't know, or whether it's some of the meanings that you're learning, Allah's book, like, oh, how do I understand that? Go with humility to Allah's book. Go with seeking understanding. Go with knowing you're limited in your perspective. And you need to be taught how it is that you should see things. Go with humility. If you go with arrogance, we'auzubillah, You'll be blind. You'll be blinded from the signs of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and from the meanings of His verses. May Allah ta'ala bless us to bring the Qur'an to our lives, Ya Rabbil Alameen, as individuals, as families, and as a community. Let's do this. Let's all take part in this and bring life to this blessed sunnah of our Prophet to recite the Qur'an regularly. And then after that, there's a lot that will then happen. This is... We like to speak about Islamic civilization and all of these great achievements. Of None of that was possible without the Qur'an. None of that was possible without the time that the great pious people and ulama spent with the Qur'an. This should be at the forefront of our religious practice. May Allah Ta'ala give us tawfiq to do this and bless us in all of our different affairs. Wa sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Wa alhamdulillahi wa alameen.